right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Engearment.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Sewell, and this episode is going to be a lively one. We have a really great guest, Will Coleman. We've been big fans of Will for, for years. Um, he's got a fantastic Instagram. You should give a follow at Will in the Alpine. He um, is a man of many hats. Some of them talk about what he does, who he is, what got him started in the outdoor industry, and... Um, a lot more than that. So without further ado, please welcome Will Coleman. Good to have you here, Will. It's good to be here, Sean. Well, thank you, sir. So let's start off a little bit more about you. Will Coleman, um, what do you do for a day job? Well, that uh, goes into a lot of different categories. <laughs> um, I'm quitting my main job, so I've got a week left to that, but I'm a truck driver. And uh, just transitioning full-time into being a rock climbing guide and pursuing a IFMGA career track, so full mountain guide. That's awesome. That's really cool. And um, I know you're doing your courses right now, and um, you'll be working in the Front Range area? Yeah, currently uh, permitted to work from pretty much um, Colorado Springs all the way up to Estes Park, Colorado, all along the Front Range. That's wonderful. And is this correct? You lived in Estes Park for quite a while. I did. I lived in Estes for about a year, and I kind of been on this the last couple of years, just moving somewhere every year and somewhere new, somewhere that inspires me, a new place to explore. Well, in your uh, situation, you can do that because you're nomadic. Uh, uh, he lives in his van, ladies and gentlemen. It's pretty impressive. So uh, his, his adventure van is pretty um, well equipped for anything and everything. It, uh, I don't know if you'd call it impressive, but it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mobile home. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's your adventure mobile. And, um, yeah. So I, when I try and follow you on Instagram, uh, I never know what part of the state or the country you're going to be in and what activity you're doing. Um, what are some of your favorite activities to do? Ooh, favorite activities? Um, kind of like classify it all into one thing. So I would say moving efficiently through the mountains in technical terrain. So that includes split boarding to rock climbing objectives, big alpine objectives, glacier travel, just moving through these dangerous landscapes as safely and quickly as possible. Makes sense. Yeah, you, you cover a lot of territory. Um, there's a picture you should all see of him, too, rocking some alpine jorts. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and the, there's a lot of speculation on how they got waterproofed. But um, you earned the waterproofing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, what got you into the outdoors? So it's kind of, you know, I did the whole typical like suburban Boy Scout thing and we went on like two camping trips a year and had a fake campfire indoors and, <laughs> you know, by a bunch of people who knew nothing about the outdoors, but we all thought we did. Um, but the mountains drew to me when um, I was about eight years old. We went on a trip for Christmas as a family, and we just started driving north in search of snow. I grew up in rural Mississippi, and we don't get much snow down there, so we just wanted to see a lot of it. We worked our way through the eastern U.S. and ended up in West Virginia. And at West Virginia, I saw my first ski resort. I'd never seen one before. I didn't really know what skiing was or anything. But um, my mom had checked it out, and they had this thing called snow tubing where you just ride down the snow on an inner tube. And they bought us a day pass for that, and... They kind of had to drag me out of there when it closed. Um, I liked going down the snow fast and thought it was fun. So the next year I got into snowboarding and that kind of took over my life for a long time per se. That's really sweet and endearing how you got into it. Yeah, you do like going fast in the snow. Yeah, that's... Can't keep up with you. 
that's my forte. It's uh, the only thing I'm okay at. I kind of suck at everything else, but pretty damn good snowboarder. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're being humble. He, he uh, does a lot of activities. Recently, you started uh, mountain biking, right? I did. Um, I had someone come into my life that introduced me to biking at just the right time. Like it, um, I had just hurt my knee running, and I love to run, and decided bikes could be fun too, and you can cover a lot more mileage. So kind of taken to that as hard and as fast as I can. So another way to kill myself, essentially. <laughs> and improve your fitness. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, your, your activities, um, the guiding, the splitboarding, the snowboarding, the biking, the running. Uh, is there anything else on there we missed? Climbing, a lot climbing, of climbing. A lot yep. of climbing. Ice and rock. Well, yeah, about the climbing and the guiding, um, what's your favorite part about guiding? Ooh, that would be... Um, this is going to sound like so cliche, but sharing uh, my passion of the outdoors with people. Um, I came from rural Mississippi. I, I didn't know rock climbing existed. Mm-hmm. And when I, what I thought of rock climbing might be scrambling up a couple boulders, and, you know, that's rock climbing. Never did I realize the expanse of what it is. So I love when people come to Colorado from out of state or something like that or, you know, that don't have this where they live and they get to experience it for the first time. And, you know, everyone at first your initial reactions like that's crazy i'd never do that like that was my thoughts mm-hmm. like um i walked i watched a documentary called valley uprising and i was like those guys are nuts and the next day i found myself in a climbing gym wow. so it's just um you know once you understand and trust the systems it really opens up how much you can do with your physical body that's cool that's really cool and so you caught that bug too then climbing guiding splitboarding running biking is there anything in the future you, you think you might tackle? <laughs> Something I say I'm never going to do is jump out of airplanes, and it's I'm getting closer and closer to, I can see you doing to wanting to do it. So just yeah. easier access into remote terrain, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Just drop you off into the mountains. Um, well, speaking of mountains, so currently what are you working on um, objective-wise? Uh, this month, in a couple of weeks, I'm headed out to the Cascades gonna get a couple routes out there we're attempting some of them are fairly hard and it's just all in preparation for a bigger goal later down the road but um basically cascades are the big thing for this month and then we'll be transferring right back into ice season in the fall and hoping to get really strong on ice this year oh that's cool um how long will the objective be out in the cascades uh we're doing three different objectives and they're each one will take about three days nice well, that leads us to the question. This is the Engearment Podcast. Uh, what gear are you taking with you, and what are you looking forward to trying out? Still working on what all's <laughs> going with us because it depends what comes in, but I'm um, hoping to be taking some new tents from MSR. Mm-hmm. Um, love to test some of those. Taking an alpine rope from Mammoth that I've been using for about six months now. I already did a review on. I love that thing. Um, mm-hmm. Probably my favorite thing to test is ropes because... It amazes me we can make them thinner and thinner, and they're still just as strong, so it just makes life so much easier. Yeah. You did a good job explaining to me why the longer rope would be more beneficial. Do you want to tell our readers about that, the different sizes and benefits? Yeah, just a quick rundown on ropes. Um, For doing stuff that you're pretty dialed on where you know you're not going to fall, like thin ropes are definitely the way to go. They're easier to maneuver. They're lighter weight. Um, Length can go a lot of ways i'm using an 80 meter because i like to run like 300 foot pitches at once so you can cover 300 feet of ground at a time versus you know with the 60 and 70 it's just a little bit shorter it's not a lot but just for efficiency it just moves faster that makes sense yeah i remember you and your partner for that 
uh, first trip or explain that to me and made a lot more sense. I didn't know why different lengths would matter, but cover more quicker. Definitely. That makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, so hopefully this MSR um, tarp comes in and then the Access 2 tent, I believe. Yep, the Access 2. That's um pretty cool looking tent, pretty yeah. stoked on it. So we'll see how it holds up to the severe weather in the Cascades. Oh, it's super cool. And um, sleeping bag-wise, you're taking that um, Mountain Hardware Phantom Alpine 15-degree super light. I will. I love that thing. It might be a little too warm this time of year, but it's just... It's probably the best sleeping bag I've ever laid in. Nice. Yeah, I was impressed with it too, but it's much more your style. I'm glad you're using it. Um, so what goes into a packing list for a trip like this? <laughs> Next podcast. <laughs> do we have two hours? <laughs> Seriously, we should have a PDF um, of this. I, I'll just do like a quick rundown. Uh, shelter, a good form of shelter. Two forms of, of ways to cook because like... I don't know how many times I've been up and have a stove failed or you run out of propane or like I was up in the Tetons one time and a couple shows up and they, they forgot their propane canisters. Yeah. Like there's just so many little things like that. So shelter, food, which also equates to filtration, you know, because mm-hmm. you can boil water and, and then it's safe to drink. I don't recommend drinking untreated water. I've done it, but I don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Kind of one of those things. Yeah. Don't want anybody to get sick and blame it on me. <laughs> Other than that, um, safety gear. I mean, it, that's all personal preference. Like, you know, I've got some extensive medical training, so I carry a pretty significant med kit. But um, there's no point in carrying stuff you don't know how to use. Right. So, you know, if you if you know how to do CPR and that's it and can put a Band-Aid on, only carry a Band-Aid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, more than one, obviously. Yeah. But it, it just comes down to, like, what you're – acceptable risk are and that's a big thing like you know some sometimes you want to go light and fast and you don't carry anything but everything mm-hmm. plays into those decisions like if i have to call for rescue will i have service you know mm-hmm. how quickly will they be able to get me out if i'm in a really remote area i'm going to carry a little extra stuff i'm going to carry an emergency bivy and stuff like that that's very smart yeah i always carry a bivy year, year round um yeah that's good advice and you're right it's all personal preference too like what are people comfortable with um i always overpack as you always see and, and it <laughs> saved my ass before. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's my justification. Everybody, the first time, God, that guy carries a lot of crap. And then stuff breaks. And you fix it. You move on. Definitely. Oh, good stuff here, Will. Um, some deeper stuff. Who inspires you? That is a question that I hate. And the reason I hate that question is because it's way more than just one person. It's the way people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm inspired by many people. I'm inspired by people that are doing what they can to change the world. We have this whole mindset that, like, oh, I'm just one person. I can't, I can't change the world, and I see it every day. Mm-hmm. I meet people starting nonprofits when they don't know where to go. You know, they're just, they just have an idea, and they act on it, and that inspires me. Like, I don't care if you're the greatest climber in the world, the fastest runner in the world. That's not inspiring to me. What's inspiring to me is people that are out there actually making a difference. I love to hear that, and I agree with you completely. It's not just one person or one group. It's, you find inspiration in all kinds of situations and people around you definitely well, this is really good so um how did you get out to uh to colorado so how i got out to colorado it's gonna get a little personal here perfect um so when i was in mississippi i was kind of living the perfect life you know i had a my own business i had a house two cars i was married i thought i was doing everything that was right and i was super young like all this started when i was 20 years old wow and um you know whole keeping up with the jones scenario mm-hmm. Got to have the nicest, newest of everything. And it's like, 
I still wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And I was also in a suburb of Memphis, which is not exactly the most desirable place to live or raise a family. So I kept moving towards this idea of like, I'm going to move away. Mm -hmm. And um, I won't go into details, but a divorce followed. And um, I had already had plans to move to Colorado. So I acted on it. And I basically sold everything I owned that wouldn't fit in my Jeep. And I drove out to Colorado. Wow. And um, I'd never even seen the place. I just knew they had big mountains. I knew I could snowboard there. And at that time, snowboarding was like my only real connection to the outdoors. Yeah. And um, I moved out here and it's just like every day is life changing for me. That's beautiful. Every single day. This place is full of so many inspirational people and places. And like, I don't know. If you've never been to Colorado, you should come for a week. You'll probably stay forever. Right. I think they will, (laughs) especially they meet people like you. Well, that's really, that's like a movie script right there. You know, you just got your Jeep and packed up and you moved out here and here you are making a name for yourself in the outdoor industry. Yeah, it wasn't a, it definitely wasn't planned in that way. It just kind of, it just worked out, you know. And um, I was talking to a friend recently and like, there's kind of this thing, like, it's a mantra that them and I have and that's saying yes to the universe. Like Mm, if it makes sense, do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's hard, don't do it. Don't, you know, everything's going to fall into place the way it's supposed to if you just let it. Don't fight it. Don't fight the flow. I like that. Yeah, don't force it. I mean, you try and swim up the Arkansas River right now and tell me how that works (laughs) for you. (laughs) Probably won't end well. No. (laughs) Wow. Well, um, gosh, what a beautiful story about how you got out here. And you've done a lot with yourself since you've been out here. I've watched you do so many different things. And I remember when I was going to meet you for the first time to give you some gear to test, and you rolled up in a semi-truck barefoot with a trucker hat i was like this guy this guy (laughs) you know they say you can take the boy out of the south but you can't take the south out of the boy (laughs) (laughs) i saw it it's yeah it's true uh so much fun stuff with you will um will's been around for so many fun activities um just a pleasure to hang out with and uh always fun to spend time in the mountains with most recently we're at the outdoor retailer together and him and another writer eliza and i spent the majority of time together and uh, watching Will operate um, these meetings, Mystery Ranch and Mountain Hardware and North Face and all these uh, really big players in the outdoor industry, as well as small ones, um, startups as well. Um, what were some of your favorite brands or products you saw there at the Outdoor Retailer Show? Mm. I know, right? <laughs> That's another one of those questions. <laughs> um, Black Diamond, as big of a company as they are, they're, they're paying mm-hmm. attention to what people are having to say. Yeah. You know, they... Uh, They've got a lot of new stuff coming out, but they got the Z4 cams coming out, and I'm really curious to see how those work and operate. Yeah, I got my hands on them, but I haven't got to use them in the actual real world yet, which hopefully that'll come. But um, companies that are listening to the people, that's been amazing to see. And another thing, a lot of companies are going and trying to use 100% recycled materials. Yeah, that's a good And you're seeing that more and more, and... This year at OR, there was definitely a, a theme to eliminate single-use plastics. Yeah, and um, cool. as Rafa said in a previous uh, mm-hmm. podcast, there's no such thing as perfect activism, mm-hmm. but it starts at the top. Yeah. You know, it, you can say it starts at the bottom all day long, but if I don't buy, you know, a bottle of Gatorade every once in a while, like, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't do that. Right. Um, but if you start it from the top and you eliminate these things, then it, it just changes activism in a whole new way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm glad you caught on to that, too. It was, it was very almost in your face, this show, but the last few shows have been really cool, like Patagonia kind of leveraged Gore-Tex to recycle Gore-Tex Pro Shell. And when they did that, that opened up 
doors for other people to do waterproof breathable membranes that recycled. And then uh, I think, did you get one of those jackets from GoLite that's like 12 bottles of water recycled? I didn't get one of those, but I think it's a great concept. Right. And the same thing, too, with Eagle Creek. Like, I use Eagle Creek duffels for mm-hmm. traveling, and they make them out of recycled windshields. Like, That's so cool. <laughs> you can't beat that. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, all this stuff that we use goes somewhere, and we are all contributing to the problem, especially yeah. in the outdoor industry. Like, I hate to say this, but outdoor pursuits are selfish. Mm-hmm. They are selfish. But damn, do I love them. <laughs> So the, it's great to see the companies that are in the outdoor industry going for it and trying to make a difference and trying to make a change. And it's it's very, very prevalent at outdoor retailer now. Yeah, you I'm know, with you on that for sure. You get your big players like Patagonia and some of the other companies, and they're Keen. Keen's another big one. Mm-hmm. Keen is doing amazing things with eliminating single-use plastics. But you get those two companies that kind of set the standard, and then everyone else has to follow through. Right, because now they see it's a sustainable business practice, and if they're doing it, then the other companies should be doing it if they want to be anywhere in the same ballpark as them. Definitely. And Keen's uh, setup this year was pretty fun, too, yeah. that carnival. <laughs> that came Any, anywhere I can find free booze and food at OR, I'm going to hang out. Oh, so yeah. this year that was at the Keen Fest. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, two shows ago, or was it last show, all the bacon, all the bacon and bourbon. Yeah, last year was definitely a, a big push on bacon. Um Sorry if we have any vegan listeners. but uh, There's other foods out there, too, but bacon's good. Yeah, bacon's <laughs> enjoyable. Sorry. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, there's so much to you, Will. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners about you, your passions, or what you want to accomplish in the future? I would just say if you have a dream, go for it. Yeah. Like making this this lifestyle happen. When I moved to Colorado, I, I kind of jumped back into the same scenario. I was in Mississippi. You know, I ended up in a house and you know, with a career that I didn't really like, you know, no offense to them. I liked the career, but it wasn't my passion. Mm-hmm. And you can make your passion your career if you have the drive. Yeah. Make time for it. Make it work. Like, that's a, no matter what. Like, <laughs> when I first got over here to the uh, engagement studio, <laughs> I jumped right in the shower. Yeah. Because I get lucky to get one shower a week. And I miss those things. But this is pushing me in the right direction this is me making my dream come true it is and it, you make those sacrifices drop what you have to drop i don't care if it wrecks you financially you mm-hmm. might care but i don't care about it yeah. like do what you think is going to make a difference in your life do what makes you happy i love it will fully support it um and i've definitely followed that path i came from a corporate world and now i am getting to do this with you and go to these shows and play in the mountains and quality life is there it's been an amazing ride so far. Hell yeah, Will. Well, much more ahead. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was just a sneak peek into Will. We're going to have him back on here several more times to discuss more topics and more gear and more shenanigans and cover his adventures, which is very, very vast. So want to thank you, Will Coleman, for being you. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you having me. My pleasure. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Sewell, for the Engagement.com podcast. This is available on iTunes, Podbean, and whatever the heck other podcast things are out there. It'll be there. Until next time. Take care.